everybody. Welcome to Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast Podcast. As you well know by now, those that have been following, I call this a belief cast because I'm passionate about beliefs. Beliefs dictate our behaviors. And I love watching someone who has a belief that has you know, caused them to struggle throughout life, overcome that, and set them free. Um, I've, I've had some amazing guests on so far. Uh, today is no different to have one of my colleagues and also uh, someone I considered a great friend. His name is Jed Thorpe. Welcome. Did you say considered? Yeah. <laughs> considered. <laughs> Barely considering. Uh, hi. Hi, Todd. Thank you. <laughs> yes, Jed. Uh, we're going to have some fun today. Um, we might laugh the whole time. We might laugh the whole time. Uh, Jed is currently working as a therapist at Wasatch Recovery. I've known Jed now close to five years, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Five it's years. been five years. Um and uh, he has a great story as well as uh, as well as um, you know some fun things that we're going to talk about. He's got a challenge for you at the end here, but uh, I want uh, the listeners to get to know Jed today. So here we are. Here we are. Yeah. What if Bright I, and early. What if I don't have a great story? If you don't have a great story, <laughs> then uh, it's okay. We're all in Every, trouble. Everybody has a great story for sure. In in my head, everybody absolutely. Has one. Yeah, Jed's just messing with us this morning. It's it's the earliest he's been up in about two years. <laughs> yeah, I went to get my drink and the convenience store was closed. It's not a joke. It was really closed. I was oh, like, what is happening? <laughs> he actually beat me to work today, which is the first, I think, ever. It's the first anybody's ever beat you to work That's today. That's true. Probably. That's true. It's true. I had to stop at the store, so I have an excuse. <laughs> Well, anyway, so I'm so grateful to have you on here. Yeah. Um, I'm excited uh, for people to get to know you um, and to get to know kind of the things that you do. You know, you're one of the probably best therapists, but also one of the toughest. But I think those go together, in my opinion. Um, you're really tough on your clients, and we'll get to we'll get to that in a minute and why you kind of go that route. Um, but let's let's step way back and kind of just tell the listeners where you grew up, a little bit about your family life. Oh, sure. And we'll kind of go from there. Um, yeah, I was born in San Diego. My wife would be mad if she thought I was claiming San Diego. And here's why. Because after I was <laughs> born in San Diego, I left very quickly thereafter. Lived in, I don't know, Texas for a while. And then my mom and dad moved back. Oh, wait, scratch that. My dad died when I was just a toddler. Okay. And then my mom moved to San Diego with me and met my stepdad. And so at age six, my stepdad drove us all up to Washington, Utah. And it was, I remember it really well because my cat had kittens in the car on the way up. Serious? It's a true story. In the car? In the car. It was a 1969 Camaro convertible. It was a beautiful <laughs> really? car. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. In any case, so moved back to St. George, or excuse me, Washington, moved to Washington and when I was six and grew up there ever since out in the desert on the desert yeah so do you have brothers and sisters yeah i've got well they're all halves but i don't okay. really consider them halves but i've got i was eight years old and my next sibling was born um and she's you know eight and then i had another sister and then another sister and then when i was 16 i had my last sibling uh my little brother so okay and we were trailer park kids man that's that's i was i'm mean, i'm kind of proud of it for some, for some i don't know just a poor, yeah. we had hardly anything, worked on a turf farm, you know, just yeah. really, really very, not a lot of stuff. I mean, we're talking trailer, single wide with the wood stove in the middle, really? heat it up in the middle of the night uh -huh. when you get cold, <laughs> clean yeah. it out, ashes everywhere. You know, it was, it was primitive living. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you enjoyed it though. As a kid, you didn't care. You know, you don't know any better. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I loved it. I have a fireplace right now. And I wish I had a stove. Yeah. I can't say I wish I had a trailer. Right. It was super small, but... Sure. Huh. <laughs> wow. So how old are you if we can go back to when your dad passed away? Do you remember? Um, I don't remember. I was three. Okay. So I was just okay. super small. He he ran into, if you can, if you can imagine this, he ran into a semi... No, no, no. He ran into a big truck where it had those big old side mirrors. He just ran into that. And, really? And that was the end of my dad, Sam. Wow. Do you recall at all, even years later, family being sad about it or 
like it was kind of a dark time or or you guys just kind of for your just didn't skip a beat kind of thing no recollection at all and and no one really tells me how i reacted to that afterwards my mom moved in with her parents in in uh, galveston texas i believe we stayed there for a while so it was all kind of hush hush no one really talked about you know what was going on and or anything like that there you know later on in life i found out that through my grandma that my mom, my dad and mom were having troubles and struggles and mm-hmm. talking about divorce and but nothing was ever you know I would and I really didn't care all I wanted to know was stories about my dad how I because yeah. I'm just I look just like him so mm-hmm. which is kind of yeah. cool yeah very so. cool how did you did you get along well with your stepdad did you just consider him your dad because you're so young I did I <clears throat> I did consider him my dad um However, he was only 21 when he married my mom, so he had a pretty wow. big task yeah. at that age. So we, I did never really connect with my stepdad. I called him dad. I still do call him dad. Um, and, uh, yeah, so he, we never really connected. At the age of 16, I, I you know, had that really, I'm going to be independent and fight my dad feeling kind right. of going on. And at age of 17, I left. So I left really young. Um Lived in my car for a while when I needed to. Really? Got a, got a job and and rode my bike and ate peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every day for just to survive. <laughs> really? Why did you leave so young, do you think? I think it was because I of my didn't get along with my stepdad, really. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it's probably what it comes down to. Uh, yeah, did you, you seem like the guy, because I've been around you long enough to know you now, that like when you make up your mind, you do it. Like, I've noticed that about you. Like, there's no, I don't know. There's just, you just set your mind, boom. And it's like, watch, watch out, world, here I go. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like that's what you did. Yeah. Oh, we're not getting yeah. along. See ya. Yeah. I'll live in my car. I'll eat PJs and yeah. ride my bike. Well, or... kind of, here's he was, he was, he was really cool. Um, So, um, because my dad, my dad died, my bio dad, my bio dad died. He was in the military, and I was getting this stipend of money um, that I had no idea about until I left, and... When my my mom eventually was like, "Hey, here's some money. Here's here." I'm like, "What is this?" I just thought I, I had no idea. So after until I turned eighteen, I got like for a few months, I got a few hundred bucks a month. Oh really? Yeah, and I, I didn't even know it had been coming for my entire life. Really? They had been used, you know, just to help buy me clothes and sure. and pay the rent and stuff like that. Oh wow! I didn't know that happened. Yeah. <laughs> nice surprise. The right? things you the things you learn. But I had no concept of money, so I would just keep it. In my car, like I was, right. it was like three hundred bucks or something like that. I was keeping it in my car and back, you know, you know, thirty five, thirty years ago, that was a lot of money. Yeah, for sure. So anyway. Yeah. Wow. So are do you are you pretty close to your siblings uh, at, at this point? Or? Yeah, for sure. No. Yeah. Okay. I I've I've yes I'm to be yes. Okay. Plenty of stories, but I yes yeah. I am pretty close. With and my then siblings. how about with your mom relationship with your mom good and relationship with mom good. Stepdad, um, it's pretty distant, but it's still there. Yeah. So my kids call him Grandpa. Oh, wow. When cool. We, when we see him. Cool, cool. So let's jump ahead a little bit. Um, so you, you, you leave at 17. You said you're living in your car sometimes. I mean, that had been... <laughs> yeah. Did you love that too, or were you scared, or were you... No, I didn't love it. <laughs> it was awful. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I learned a lot of tricks in the trade, though. <laughs> no, um, so, yeah, I lived in, lived in my car for... It wasn't very very long, and uh, I don't know. And it was in St. George, so I just kind of... I lived in my car. I got... When I needed a shower, I would jump into... There's a couple places, the hotels down there, that I knew they had showers mm-hmm. after their swims. And so I'd jump fences and go... Bathe wow. early in the morning before anybody got there, wow. and to eat, I would. I think the is it, is it seven years, and you can tell about a crime, and you can't get in trouble for it I anymore. I think so, yeah. So <laughs> I would, I would go and I would steal food from grocery stores, and and wow. I had this. I really had this whole elaborate kind of system that I used to survive, and 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 I, and I was still going to high school at the time. Jeez, wow. <laughs> and eventually, I know, and eventually, um, you know, eventually, I started rooming with um, some, um, some guy, some dudes from California that was happening to live there, and had rented a trailer out in Hurricane or something like that, and so yeah, 
Really? It was a, it was yeah. a fun, fun time. This Just is weird. news to me. I never knew that about you. Yeah, there's, a, there's a lot you don't know about yeah. me. <laughs> well, it's all on the table today. Here we go. <laughs> Just going lay to lay it all out. Lay it all out. <laughs> so, um... So as you go along, let's let's think back to your childhood just a little bit, you know, high school time, maybe even junior high time. You know, obviously we're talking about beliefs and kind of how they dictate our behaviors. What were some of the beliefs you had as a young kid that were forming that you know now, obviously, looking back, that were holding you back? Oh, sure. <clears throat> I know one I had that kind of stands out. Do you ever watch Saved by the Bell? Mm-hmm. You know, Zach Morris. Uh-huh, yeah. So I thought I was Zach Morris. <laughs> really? You know, and, and here's why. Because I never really looked in the mirror, but I just assumed that I was really, really handsome. <laughs> you know, right. like... Right. So, so I had that confidence. that yeah. da, 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 like, mm-hmm. And I had girlfriends and everything else until one day I was working... I'll never forget it. <laughs> I was working at McDonald's and uh, one of my friends, his name was Jade. So I was... I, I, I ran with... Jade's, that was his nickname, wasn't his real name. I don't even know his real name. There's a guy named Gypsy. I never I didn't, never knew his real name either. And an, uh, an old, old high school friend, not friends with him anymore, but his, his name was James. Anyway, sitting there flipping eggs or something for their morning rush. And, uh-huh. and I was being kind of a, a jerk. And I think I was making fun of somebody that I knew that, that didn't have a chin. Like... And I was like, roll, roll, I'm making fun of this guy. And Jay's looks over at me and goes, careful, Jed, you don't have that much of a chin either, right? right? So for the first time in my life, someone had like criticized how I looked. I had no idea. And I'm like, oh, I don't have much of a chin. So I had that, all of a sudden there's that belief system that was laid down before me. Yeah. You know, and I don't, I don't believe it anymore. But at the time I was like, ah, I kind of do believe it. I don't have a strong super jaw like Superman, right. but... In any case, at that point, it just kind of devastated me. And then I'm like, holy cow, I have a big forehead, too. <laughs> so all of a sudden, I, I start realizing or having my own belief systems right. about about who, what I look like. You know, I would literally walk around school. I, t- I don't know if I told you this, but I would walk around school because I thought I had, had a high forehead. And I would just lift up my eyebrows really high. It probably looked like I was tweaking all the time. <laughs> like... Because in my uh, head it made my forehead grow low and then or get lower. Wow. Isn't that crazy? So yeah. So then my confidence shattered from that point. You know, I wasn't as confident around women. I wasn't as confident around anybody. But as long as I would keep my head up, my forehead up, had a bunch of bunch of wrinkles in my forehead. You thought that would make you look better. I thought that would make me look better. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Just crazy. Wow. How old were you when this? Sixteen. 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 Yeah. That's when I first started working. Yeah. Well, a real job. I, mean, I was working at the farm for ever, but wow, yeah, it's interesting that uh, it, it's amazing you still remember that. Obviously, I know, right? Because it was such a thing to you. Yeah, well, it, it was, was a big a, deal. It was a belief system that was laid down, mm-hmm. and like a dum dum, I just picked it up. Yeah, and I carried it on my back, and I, I I personalized it. It became my identity, and all sorts of unhealthy things came from it. So really, you know, I would if I could go back, I would change that. Right, like. That's what I don't know what you're talking about, dude. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? Yeah. But before that, you thought you looked like you know yeah. Mr. Handsome. I was like, like... I, I probably thought I had blonde hair, <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> and I don't. You know, if you can see me, I have very very yeah. dark hair, but yeah, you know, blonde hair and you know. Right. So, any other beliefs back then that uh, formed? Is it or was it that the one that stands out the most oh, to I you? Had, I had a lot of uh, really silly beliefs. Um, I had this, another belief system that uh, I was really competitive um, mm-hmm. as a child. You know, I don't, I don't even know why I was competitive, to be honest. I probably where I got my self-esteem because I was pretty athletic, mm-hmm. even though my wife would beg to differ. I'm very <laughs> athletic. Natalie would say no. Yeah, I'm very athletic, <laughs> and I wasn't. The problem, I just wasn't team-affiliated. I was very much a loner. Mm. I did things alone, and I didn't try out for sports because I didn't didn't feel like I could... I didn't want to be rejected, I guess, is what it comes down to. So I never even tried. Right. You know, I would play I would play basketball on the street, you know, on the court down at Mill Creek. Um, you know, and I'd be like, hey, are you on the team? Or you should be on the team. Like, I'm not on the team. But I don't know. Right. I never even tried out for the team. Yeah. I just played <laughs> street ball for <laughs> years and years. But in any case, um, oh, but here's go to answer your question. Um, I had this belief where, like... 
I would say to myself, like, if I can make this shot, this girl's going to like me. Mm. You know, so it was really, yeah. I had really weird, like, yeah. or if I could do, if I could make this goal, then something good's going to happen for me. Yeah. You know, I had these just really, and yeah. I don't know where that comes from. I, like, well, you know, it's funny. I had similar, I would do that too. And I would be out playing basketball. If like, if I can hit 10 in a row, I'll be a millionaire. Like <laughs> I know. Right? Is, I don't know where that comes from. Yeah, I don't know. It's either. the craziest belief system. It's kind of like the lucky rabbit's foot. If I rub this rabbit's yeah. foot, I'm going to get some good luck today. <laughs> yeah. But this one's even better because it has to do with our skill level. Right. Right. And you know, if I can, and then, and then I could really beat on myself. If I didn't make it, or if right. I didn't make, see, I knew it. It was my fault. Done. I would oh, just wow. flog myself, yeah. you know, for not being good enough, or, wow. or, or, or yeah, just crazy stuff like <laughs> right. that. Yeah, and religion was a. I was really big into religion, like. Right. And I don't even know what where that came from. My parents didn't really go to church that much, mm -hmm. like the LDS church. Never really went there, and they never really got rooted into it. It seems like that, but. But me, I'm like, let's go to church, do 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 do, and I have no idea where that came from either. Huh. Just that is interesting. Yeah, even when I like moved out, still tried to go to church. Really? Yeah, and it was what was it? Um, I was I was 20 years old. And I said I'm gonna go on a mission, and my mom's like, why? <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget it. Why? Why would you do that? Why would you do something like that? I don't know. I no. just did. I just let's see. It goes. That's what I know of you. It's like you you just. Yeah. You come up with a thought or an idea in your head, you go for it. It yeah. doesn't matter what other people think. Yeah. That's what I love about you, too, is that you don't care what other people think. Yeah. I mean, obviously, when we're kids, mm -hmm. someone says a mean comment, hey, you don't have a chin either kind of thing. Yeah. As kids, we don't know how to process that so yeah. much. We take, we personalize it. Mm -hmm. But it's it's almost now you're you're the exact opposite of that, it seems like. It's taken now. me a lot of years to right. get to that point. Yeah. But no, that's the, it's the healthiest thing possible i think yeah. and you can just live for you yeah not need other people to be happy or fill your cup yeah in any way it's yeah it's a beautiful freedom well that that's the part i want to kind of get into next is like how did that happen how did you how did the shift happen in you and can you remember was it a particular moment or an experience you had or was it gradual over time because right you know people who know you personally now would say you have a very powerful belief system mm -hmm. about yourself in the world well, I don't, I don't know, Todd. That's a good question. I think that it probably happened over time, but mm -hmm. I've always been accused of being, um, and I never saw it. I mean, if you would know really who I was, you mm -hmm. would probably think, oh, this is just a, he's an honest, good, nice guy. But I think, just by appearance wise, I've was, I was labeled cocky a lot mm -hmm. and a jerk a lot, and I don't even know why. I mean. But I think that was a confidence thing that I've that I've that I not necessarily had, but pretended to have as a young as mm -hmm. a as a youngin. Right. You know, overly confident, which was really masking some serious feelings of incompetency. Yeah. So as I've grown up and and learned about you know belief systems and just lived life, I think that that um, feeling of inadequacy has rolled into. Um, um, complete adequacy, if that makes sense. Sure, sure. So, and a lot of that, I mean, you know, some of the struggles I've been through last last year alone. Oh yeah. Um, that that have helped my confidence boost, um, just not even boost, but just helped my confidence cement right into who I am today. And then, yeah. and I think that that's to answer your question. I don't. I think that that probably was a growing, a growing tree. Right. A confidence tree. It just was growing. Yeah. Um, at times it wasn't very strong. At times someone tried to chop that tree down and, and it kept growing after that. And it might have gotten chopped down a few times. Mm -hmm. My confidence might not have been yeah. where I wanted it to be. But eventually through life experiences yeah. um, and, and, and learning lessons and mountains yeah. to climb, here, here I am feeling pretty yeah. confident and pretty good about where I'm at. Yeah, I love that, Jed. And one of the things I know you, you, you tout this a lot with your clients and with people you hang out with is that life happens for you. Mm -hmm. Talk about that for a minute. Like you, you say that a lot. I do say and, that a lot. And I know you believe it, obviously. Mm -hmm. Why, what, explain to our listeners what that means. Here's, here's what that means. And, and there's a, there's a, I think people get tripped up on that because it's so closely related to the, the sentence that everybody not everybody, but a lot of people say that 
that life happens for a reason, you know? That happened for a reason. And I don't believe that. I think that, that shitty things happen, mm-hmm. you know? Um, people get molested at a young age. They get raped. They let lose family members, you mm-hmm. know? They, they have a lot of tragedy happens. I don't think that happens for a reason. But here's the caveat. I believe that you grow from it, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. You grow from it. Every little experience that that hammers on you, mm-hmm. that blows you down, that knocks you down, you know, when you get up, even if you don't get up, you're still growing from it. Eventually, you will grow. You will get up, and it'll be because of what happened to you. You'll be a stronger person. Right. So everything that's happened for you, you are you are who you are because of it. Yeah. If it happened to you, you'd be a victim. You gotcha. know what I mean? Right. So, you know, oh my gosh, this happened to me and that happened to me. And I really, and sometimes I, I catch myself saying that happened to me and I have to re, I have to catch it and reframe it. No, that happened for me. So I can stay out of that victim, victim thinking that, that victim, victim error. Right. And it, cause it's complete shift in how you feel. If you're a victim, you're feeling pretty bad. Yeah. Oh, you're yeah. feeling negative. You're feeling anxious. You're feeling sad. You know, if this happened for me, then that's pretty awesome. Yeah. You know, I'm no longer a victim. Um, I may have been victimized, you know, by by somebody at some past point in my life, but I'm not a victim. Right. So. Yeah, that's it, powerful. Yeah. So powerful, um, and I couldn't agree more. And uh, but I love, I love the way you kind of carry yourself. Been around you for five years now. Not only as as when we just kind of you know have fun and screw around, just the way you carry yourself that way. You're fun. You're go- you're goofy. I am. You goofy. say some funny stuff, dude. Like we're in groups sometimes, and I'm just looking at Jed laughing, and Jed's looking at me like, "What are you laughing at?" <laughs> and but, he's laughing uh, at me. Yeah, I'm apparently. laughing at Jed because uh, just how he carries himself. But it's it's fa- it's it's actually pretty fascinating to watch. Um, but you know, let's talk a little bit about kind of like your philosophy. As I mentioned before, Jed's a therapist here at Wasatch Recovery. He's been here a long time. Kind of talk about your philosophy as a therapist and maybe, okay, I apologize. Let's jump back a little for what made you decide to want to be a therapist? And then let's talk about your therapeutic process. Oh, I do know exactly when that happened. Okay, so, cool. So I, um, I left on my mission late because I got into a, a motorcycle accident when I was right. 19, yeah. right? And, and a lot of stuff happened consequently from that, you know, physical health stuff. Um, so... But really, it was a shifting point in my life because I think I really was kind of a dick before that. I was, mm-hmm. I probably was cocky. I probably was arrogant and all those things. <laughs> and, and I don't know, if whatever, whatever reason, when I got hit in the head really hard coming off that bike, something shifted in, in me. I don't know. I really don't know what happened. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like I, I'm a little, I was a little more humble at that mm-hmm. point. Yeah. You know, maybe I'm not bulletproof. Yeah. Maybe I... Maybe I can die, you know, because at that age, holy shit, the things yeah. I was doing, I was yeah. climbing, I was climbing, I was climbing like Kmart walls and stuff like that, jumping around, doing stuff that I had no, re- there's no right. rhyme or reason for me to do <laughs> right. stuff like that, you yeah. know, just life risky, dumb, dumb things. But right. in any case, um, for whatever reason, that motorcycle wreck kind of put things in a clarity for me in some way, even if it was way back in my conscience, right? But I just wasn't as risky anymore. I was just like, I slowed right. down a little bit, and went on that mission, came back. What was your fucking question, Todd? I forgot what it was. Oh, how did I get into therapy? Sick. Thank yeah. you. Um, I get on tangents. I need some Adderall. to <laughs> focus me up. So, in any case, <laughs> he's kidding. I am kidding. Um, I'll do more yoga. So, um, I go on my mission. Come off my mission. And then I had no job, but I'm still pretty, for some reason I have this thing, life's going to be okay. I don't really have to worry about things. I really did. I had that right. whole life will work out for me. I don't, and, and to the point, Todd, where I didn't go to college until I was way, like pretty much like 24. So I right. even had the concept of going to college. So before, before that, I would do these <laughs> kind of random jobs. But one of the jobs was wilderness therapy. My, one of my best buddies, John, um, who I hope listens to this. Um, 
soul brother, right? We're yeah. talking when I was a little, little kid, we hung out. But in any case, he had this gig where he would go to um, wilderness therapy. Like he was a, one of the counselors. He'd walk around with these kids for a week at a time. Mm. So he got me onto that. And there we are walking around in the mountains, you know, beautiful right. scenery, working with all these punk ass kids from California mainly. Yeah. Um, have no gratitude, no like, um, fit, um, just... Yeah. Everything's been given to them, you know, have no appreciation for anything. So I'm out there with these guys and, you know, and, which is great. So I'm yeah. having a good time. Right. Um, I shaved my head at that point, you know, going mm-hmm. back to my Native American roots. <laughs> <laughs> my mom said I look like an alien when I did that. By <laughs> way. In any case, so I'm going out there and I'm doing all this stuff with these kids. Beautiful things. Nature is so healing in my mind. Right, sure. It's one of the greatest therapists there are. Yeah. Is just being out in the woods and nature and the mountains. For sure, so, yeah. But here's the beautiful part. I'm out there sleeping on the ground, right? I got my little thermorest something or other. I'm just sleeping out there, not really stoked about sleeping on the ground. Yeah. And I see this the therapist come out every Wednesday in this badass truck. <laughs> he just gets to go drive around in the mountains to wherever I'm camping, which is all over the mountain. Yeah. Comes out. Sets up his little camp, has his little chair, goes, and I send the kids off to him, like, 30 minutes, session, whatever. Right. I send all 14, 16, 18 of them out there. And then, afterwards, he goes home. <laughs> and I thought to myself, that's what I want to do. That's the job. That's the job, right? <laughs> I, get, I, get I get to go and sleep in my bed, like my, right. warm, my nice warm bed, After I, and I get to drive around in the mountains, and I get to talk to these kids and help them work through their... They're, you know, past whatever they're going through. And yeah. that, so from that moment, I was like, that's what I want to do. Right and, uh, and then I started going to, I didn't even start going to college. I mean, even at that point, I had no idea what to do. I, nobody in my family went to college. Right. Trailer park kid taught. Yeah, wow. No, no, yeah. I didn't do it. So, and, uh, so then I, you know, did that for a while. And, and then eventually I realized when I'd come back from my seven days on and seven days off, all my friends were gone during the day i'm like where are these where are all my friends yeah where's my girlfriend you know because i was probably going out with some of them I'm like oh they're going to college and i'm like oh maybe i'll go to college maybe i'll do that i'll go to college yeah. and then here's here's some other really good advice from my mom who i hope never listens to this um uh she, she's like i say hey mom i'm gonna go to college i was 24 at the time and she says well just get c's I know you're looking shocked, that's, but that's the wow. mentality I grew up in, though. It, which it wasn't a priority. Yeah. Nobody really talked about yeah. it. Just get C's, just, just enough to get by. Just, get, just do what you can. Just get C's. Yeah. And she was she was <laughs> dead serious. And she's she actually went to college herself afterwards and became an RN. So right. So in that's, any case, wow, that's awesome. Or maybe she went before me. I don't know. But in any case, she did tell Holy me to just get C's. Everyone else, God, I wish my mom would have said that. <laughs> I had to get A's, man. Just get C's, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That is so cool. So you ended up going to college, obviously, mm-hmm. you know. Okay. Um, and then uh, talk about that experience and then kind of what led to you actually starting to do therapy as a therapist. Okay. Um, yeah, that's that's a fun experience. So I went. I started college at twenty four. Um. This is kind of hold on. I'm trying to think of how. I landed a few jobs while I was in. So I, I started at Dixie, Dixie mm-hmm. College. That was just a fiasco. Oh yeah. Cause that's a glorified high school at that time. Yeah, and the weather's too nice. Too. Yeah. And I don't know if my brain wasn't fully developed yet, but I had serious issues with impulse control. If it was. Nice outside, and it was a lot. A lot yeah. I had real issues going to college. I had yeah. real issues. So I missed a lot, probably blew a bunch of money. and But I, however, I did in this... Uh, I'm going to tell you things I just don't tell people. <laughs> I, this is really going to... If the clients hear about this, I'm in big trouble. My street cred is going to go way down. But I would sing in a choir, right? <laughs> and I was good. So, and then... But the... the I had some friends that I was singing with in this choir. This is really pretty embarrassing, but it was a it was a, like, a, like a churchy kind of choir. But in any case, they were leaving, and they were going to go to UVU. 
Well, it was UVSC at the time. Okay. So I'm like, well, I'm going to go to UVSC so I can keep seeing with these people. And uh, okay, so there I go. And that's the reason why I went to, I moved up north, got my bags together, mm-hmm. got my little Honda Civic, drove up there. I didn't even have to play, I didn't have to place a stay. I had, I did things so impulsively. I just, this is what I'm going to do. That's my point. Off yeah, I go. I see this all, all the time with you. <laughs> see, yeah, you, you, you say, you call it, you know, you, you're gonna, you have direction, you have drive, you have things. I call it dumb impulsivity. Because <laughs> I just had no, I had no prior planning. Just off I go. Right. Up there. And uh, just, I think I, sh- I lived with like one of the people in the choir. I just knocked on, on, her, on their door. Hey, here I am. Like, oh, holy shit. There's yeah. Jed. I guess we'll keep him up here for yeah, a couple nights. On the floor here. I, exactly. Like. Just ridiculous stuff wow. like that. But in my head, that was normal. Right. In my head, that was normal. Yeah. Just doing that stuff. Living mm-hmm. just super spontaneously, that was normal. So I go to college. Um, I started to end up working um, in these uh, youth facilities, really. Mm-hmm. Um, heritage schools down in Provi. I worked there for a while. None of them, nobody there listening will remember because it right. was so long ago. So I did all that. I got a real good baseline for, for psychology and therapy and, and, and what it looked like and the types of people that did therapy. I had a real good awareness and education, really. Yeah. So then I did a boys ranch, you know, I worked down in Mona for a while, um, just with a bunch of real delinquent, yeah. sure. delinquent kids, you know. Yeah. Um, so I worked with them, and I just kind of bounced around from facility to facility as I got my degree, as I was working, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know. I worked all through college, um, just, yeah. But then I got my back, oh, I met my wife, and then I realized, holy shit, I can't make anything at all on a bachelor's degree in psychology. You can't make any money. Mm-hmm. So I completely abandoned the field altogether and went into business. Um, moved out to San Diego, became a recruiter yeah, that's um, right. for a number of years. Was very successful at it. Uh, made a whole bunch of money, bought a house, bought all this stuff. And then in 2008, you know, everything crashed, lost my house, um, lost the job, lost everything. Um, monetarily, you right. know, and then I thought to myself, my wife and I are talking, and she's like, "Well, you got to do something." Yeah. You know, <laughs> I think I was working part time in some place. She was a yeah. nurse by that time, so she was really holding it with the family financially. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Well, the only thing that really interests me, I mean, some people have this. And it, and for me, it was people. People interest me, which is a real bitch, you know, because I've got the only thing that interests me is people. Here's if." It, you know, and you see these doctors, you see these like specialists. Oh, I just love the eyes. I love what yeah. makes eyes work. So they become yeah. optometrists, doctors. I love anatomy. I couldn't get enough of it in high school. You know, anything like that. I love. I have all these. Everybody has all these passions and drives and and just sincere. Like, oh my gosh, that is just fascinating to me. I had none of that. None. <laughs> right. It was just I didn't know. I didn't yeah. know what it. Nothing sincerely interested me. No, it was like I was a I was a like very level, interest wise. I was right. I was semi interested in a lot of things, but nothing was really like like stood out. Stood out, right? Gotcha. So and t- unless it was people, and even people was like, huh, that's yeah. even that's not like super fascinating to me, but it's more interesting than anything else I've come across. Right, right. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Right. So at age like thirty six, right, I, I I decided I'm gonna go back to to college or get my master's degree in mm-hmm. counseling. Wow. So so I did. <laughs> I did that. <laughs> and here you are. Yeah, and here, here I, you are. Wow. Yeah. What a story, man. Ten years later. Ten years later. Well, so now as, as I've said a few times already, you're here you're a therapist at Wasatch Recovery. Talk about that experience a little bit and then just kinda you know, the philosophy that you kinda do with your clients and with groups and things like that and i've seen it morph over the years too i've seen you develop yeah you know from the from the first time i saw you to now it's it's remarkable to change yeah you'd have to because you were there i was there i gotta see it you You started what a month before me yeah yeah it was like a month before you i think february (laughs) you started march (laughs) yeah good stuff yeah so So, let's talk about that for a minute um well here's the thing in in school they don't really, they try, you know, they do their best to kind of give you an idea of what, what therapy is going to be like, mm-hmm. you know, 
but until you start doing it, you really don't have an idea. So, and I really feel bad for all those people going through years worth of master's programs in any field, and then afterwards going into the program being like, boy, I'm, I made a huge mistake. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because right. that could have very easily happened to me. I, I, go, to, I, go, through, I go through this, this education. And remember, therapy, therapists, you know, my teachers, all my instructors, professors, um, they used a real Rogerian kind of mm-hmm. humanistic, existential, really a not confronted, you know, model of teaching. Right. You know? Um, one of the things, don't ever ask why. Because if you ask why, then you're judging them, you know, and they'll feel it and they'll shut down. So these are the, this is how I learned in college yeah. in, in my master's program, how to teach, you know, or how to do therapy. And so when I came to Wasatch, mm-hmm. right, my first <laughs> real gig, I, you know, and, and I got to give um, my little uh, props to the mm-hmm. Steinman Institute. They actually are the ones that... You know, gave me they gave me a place to do all my hours, my internship, right. practicum stuff. But and so I learned a lot there. Um, but I had no tutelage there. I was the only therapist there, right? Uh-huh. So I had no one to bounce anything off of. I right. was just going in there and just talking to people, which ended up helping quite a right. quite, quite a few. <laughs> Miraculously, I don't even know what happened. But anyway, so that helped. But then I got here into a setting where it's a treatment center. I'm working with other therapists, and I'm seeing real group therapy. I had done group therapy prior to this, but again, I'm just out of college prior to this. No other people to see or to, to learn from or to right. even see how it's done. Right. Um, but now I'm in a place where where I'm really being, I'm in it. I'm yeah. really in it. Right. Like, right. This is no joke. I'm hearing some crazy stories. I'm <laughs> doing all this stuff. Right. So... Um, and I, and I, my mentor, I call him the Don, Gary, yeah. and I worked with Julie back then. Mm-hmm. Um, I would go there and I would just sit there and listen to them. And my, and I'm, sh- I'm sure I, I probably turned pale at times from the things that I was hearing coming out of their mouths, <laughs> right. you know? And I was just, I was yeah. just probably in shock and awe. Yeah. And I'm pretty okay. sure for the first six months, I didn't say shit. Mm-hmm. I was just looking. Yeah. I was just watching. I was observing. I was wondering, I don't know if I should be doing this. You know, I come out yeah. of that like, I don't know if this is the right thing for me to do this. <laughs> this is super confrontational, right? And remember, I'm a very non-confrontive kind of person. Sure. That's why I chose therapy in the first place because yeah. I just want to help people, help. you know, and yeah. and listen to them. But these people, my my therapists that are, in, you know, mm-hmm. more experienced and, sure. and leading the groups, they're not... They're not just listening. They're confronting ideas. They're confronting belief systems. Um, I heard Julie at one point. I'll never forget it. Um, and this guy's talking, and she cuts him off. She's like, she's like, she just goes to the thinking errors. You're minimizing. You're justifying. You're rationalizing. You're thinking you're a unique. She cut that guy off to tell him this stuff, and it was in your face. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> what did, did I step into, right? And then Gary, he would be there, and he someone would say something like, yes, um, someone did this to me, and that's why I did it. Some give him some real sob story, some victim story, and he'd start laughing. Laughing. I la- and I would be yeah. like. What <laughs> in the hell is going on yeah. with this, right? So, but I, I stayed, you know, just uncomfortable mm-hmm. as it was, and it was uncomfortable for me mm-hmm. to to be yeah. listening and seeing that type of therapy, which is really gestalt, a lot of gestalt, yeah. a lot of confrontation, a lot of um, challenging thinking errors, right? Um, <laughs> and then you know, by and by, you know, I I start picking it up, I start realizing why they're doing what they're doing. I start seeing it work. I start seeing it bre- break down the walls and the guards of these these clients that are coming in here, and they start doing some real good work. Right. And it doesn't take years. You know what I mean? It doesn't take yeah. years. It doesn't. Ta- you don't have to walk down this yellow brick road for you know three years just to get to a place where the person trusts you enough to to yeah. be real. What bullshit. You know what I'm talking about. And that's just oh, yeah. that's just some serious I'm gonna buy a BMW with all that money that you're spending coming to see me once a week 
as I tiptoe with you along your, with your thinking errors, you know. So yeah. in any case, I started there and eventually um, really, really bought into this whole, we need to confront these thinking errors. We can't coddle them. There's no such thing as loving them to health. You can't do it because these people for years, decades, have been, they found people to coddle them to to, oh, yeah. Really, to death. They they found people to validate their <clears throat> irrational thinking. They found people to enable their right. their behaviors. They even therapists be enable behaviors. Mm-hmm. They don't confront. They don't challenge. They just are there. I, I don't even know what they're doing a lot of times. <laughs> to be honest, like sometimes when people come in here and you've been in the groups where hey oh, we've yeah. been in, I've been in this therapy I've been in this therapy I've been in this therapy we ask what did you learn, and the client sits there and goes. Yeah, they can't answer it. Yeah. They literally cannot answer it. They can't answer it. After decades of therapy. Mm-hmm. What did you learn? So right from there, fascinating. right from there, we'll go to, okay, start talking. We'll cut them off. And we'll cut them off in five minutes. Say, hey, it's here. So we're, we're going to do you real solid here and just let you know that in the first five minutes, we've heard a lot of victim stance. <laughs> we've heard a lot of victim stance coming out of your mouth. So after you leave here, and if you choose to do drugs again, if nothing, if next place asks what you've learned, you say, well, Wasatch Recovery at least taught me that I, I did a lot of victim stance. You know, yeah. a lot of victimized thinking errors going on where yeah. I think, poor me, poor me. <laughs> instead of, instead of this life happened for me. Right. For me. There's a difference between poor me, poor me, yeah. and for me. Yeah. For me. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, what's cool where I'm sitting is I've got to, I got to watch that um, growth in you. Like I saw it from the, the moment you were here mm-hmm. to where you are now. Did and, you, did you and, know it took me two weeks to get into group? Did you know that? I think maybe you told me something <laughs> like that. I don't know. No. Yeah. When I first got here, I would like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you did. I, I had no idea what I was doing, right? Yeah, you were so, just sitting in your house. Like, yeah, no. So I come to work and, and it, it lost. I had three-hour groups at the time, right? But I had no idea I was supposed to be in there. So for that three hours, I would just be in my, my desk, my office... <laughs> staring at the wall. Staring at the wall, going... <laughs> Maybe do some charting, you know. And Dave, the the clinical director, brings me in. How are you doing? I'm like, well, it's a little boring at times. He's like, whoa, boring. What do you mean? I'm like, well, there's three hours of the day where I'm not doing anything. And he's like, hold on, you're not doing the groups? I'm like, he's like, like, no. He's like, he just looked at me. He's like, go to groups. And then he turned his chair around and started working. Like, okay, I got the message. Yeah. So, sorry to interrupt. No, 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 it's good. No, it's, uh, you know, and you, you have bought into the, that philosophy, and you're really good at it. And I'm not saying this because you're sitting in front of me, but you know this. I, I, I'm real with you as well. Like, you're really good at the way you run group. I mean, you're probably one of the best I've seen. I've been around Gary and Julie and Dave and, I mean, and Wendy, and all of you are amazing. And you're right there up there with these guys. Like, I'd put you up there just meaning the way how effective you are with the clients. You get right to it. You cut them off. You, you, they learn more in one hour with you than they did, you know, 30 days at some other treatment center. That's nice. Thank it's you. no, I'm being dead serious. And, and it's a, you know, li, you know, I wish the listeners could actually come into group and watch this in action because it's, it's fascinating, powerful in your face, but yet real work happens. Yeah. And that's what I see you doing. It's, 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 free, well, thanks, it's really, it's really cool. Well, and that's cool to hear you say, and, I, and you've said that before, and, and I've had a hard time believing it because mm-hmm. I've, I just, I come from a place where I didn't know anything about this style. And right. So, but it's really nice of you. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun to watch. Well, let's, so if, if you could, I know, I know how you live your life and you wouldn't change anything because you love everything and even the hard times, but if you could, give go back to maybe your high school self or junior high self mm-hmm. what advice would you give yourself that would maybe you wish you would have known back then sure and i've i've got a i've got a good answer that i've thought about what i would do differently i guess that's what you're asking yeah um so for whatever reason todd when i was in high school i really really got a lot of validation in women, well, girls at the time, you know, mm-hmm. um, I just always had a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I always had someone, you know, to validate me. And cause I, it, it's some ish somewhere along the lines. I really believed that I was not good enough. Not, I wasn't, I was broken somehow, you know, I didn't meet qualifications, 
of life or whatever. And, and girls gave me that sense of I'm okay. Mm -hmm. So I had a really good solid group of guy friends that I completely ditched to be with girls. You know, I had long, mm -hmm. long-term girlfriends, yeah. you know, long, I mean, a year, a whole year, maybe longer, blah, 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 girlfriends, this girls, that, and it, I mean, it was like my drug was being with girls. I just couldn't get enough of them. Right. If I could change anything, I would tell, I would go back in time and tell that 15, mm -hmm. 16 year old boy, um, first I'd tell him, Hey, you're pretty awesome. Um, Everything is going to be just fine. This is all exactly happening how it's supposed to happen. But, Jed, you need to spend less time with these girls. Right. Um, get that, um, spend time with girls later. You know, you'll have your whole life. I would have, I would have rather spent time with my guy friends. Yeah. Right, right. Mike, I had Will, I had right. the other Mike, I had... Um, the other Mike, a lot of mics in my school, but you know, um, I, I would have wished that I would have, you know, spent time forming that bond and having fun. Cause you know, I hear stories that they did together and they did this and this went on trips, this and that. And I'm like, Oh, I was there. What was I doing? I was with the girl doing something right. dumb probably. Right. You know, so I wish I would have, and it would have really helped me grow into myself a little quicker, I think, sure. rather than pretend to be the guy that I thought that this girl wanted. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, which goes, I mean, just be who you are. And also, spidey sense. Intuition. I call intuition spidey sense. Yeah, sure. Because I'm a little bit of a comic book <laughs> dork. So, go with your gut. Yeah. Go with your gut. Go with your gut. Wow. And do hard things. Mm-hmm. Do things that are uncomfortable for you. Yeah. Just do it. I love it. that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I, you know, what? I think uh, a lot of kids these days, you know, are always looking for validation in external things, whether it's a, a girlfriend, boyfriend, a lot of sports. Kids, a lot of adults. Yeah. yeah. And that's, yeah. That's, the, that's the problem. They drag that need into their adulthood. For sure. Absolutely. Well, that's, uh, that's awesome advice. It, you know, um, I asked you if you could maybe think of a maybe a challenge that you could give our listeners, um, just something that they could maybe work on or do. And I wanted to maybe see if you could share something with us today that would be yeah something we could do to sure. challenge ourselves. Uh, and I, I might come up with a couple. Um, one thing that I would do as a challenge would be for you, the listeners, to... Um, really start being able to be aware of your victimology, your victim stance. Because really, um, and Todd will, will back me up on this, it comes in our whole... The, the beautiful part about therapy, that what I do now is I, I really live it and I preach it and I therapeutize with it. Thinking first, then your feelings, and then your behaviors. Mm-hmm. You think, if you think that you were victimized, then you're going to feel pretty shitty. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not going to feel like pretty awesome, right? Right. You know, hey, that kid just beat me up, man. I, that's yeah. awesome. You know, in any case, you feel victimized. You're going to think um, negative emotions, you know, whether it's stress, anxiety, depression, probably depression. Mm -hmm. And then your behaviors are going to follow. You're going to isolate. You're going to withdraw. And for a lot of people, they try to cover up that negative emotion with drugs. Yeah. It's a real quick, I'm not going to say easy, because it ends up being hard as shit because it takes everything away. But So anyway, to answer, to make a long ass story short, <laughs> I'm going to say work on your victimology. Anything you can say poor me afterwards, you are in victim mode. You're in victim mode. So. That's what I would say, too. and that's what mm -hmm. I wish I if I, I wish I could go back and tell myself that, you know, hey, if you can say poor me after this, you're in victim mode. Hey, poor me, you lost your dad when you were a kid. Hey, poor me, your stepdad and you really don't get along. You know, yeah. poor poor me, um, yeah. you know, whatever. You you got in a wreck and lost the sight of your left eye. You know, right. poor me, poor me, poor me. If I could change that to that happened for you, and look how much you grew. Look how much you've learned. Look at the person that's it's 
helped you to become. Yeah. Holy shit. How much more empowering is that? Yeah. How much more empowering is that? That is, yeah, that's amazing. I love that. Love that challenge. I couldn't agree more. I think if there is a disease on this planet, it's victim stance, you know, the self-pity. Um, that's beautiful. And I think, you know, I look back in my childhood, I wish I would have known that as well because, boy, I did a lot of poor me stuff for sure. Um, but I love that. I love your philosophy, Jed. I love the way you carry yourself. I love the way you therapize people, if that's how we want to say it. You know, your <laughs> clients, if we were to interview your clients, they would say, yeah, Jet is tough. But at the same time, they'll also say, that's exactly what I need. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it. You're tough, but yet that's exactly what you're doing. And, you know, you're not friends with your clients. You don't pull any punches. You don't care if they're mad at you. You don't care. And that's the beautiful thing to watch. And it's because I care. It's because I care. Exactly. And it's because yeah. I care. And, exactly. that's, and they, they miss that at they first. They miss that at first. But we just don't have time, Todd. We don't have time. People are dying right and left from this. And we yep. do not have time yep. to mess around. Yeah. So. Well, um, if people want to get a hold of you, if they want to reach out to, and to get to know you, what, how would they do that? Um, a couple of ways. I'm on Facebook. Um, Meaning to Live is my Facebook counseling page. Okay. I also have a website. It's www.meaningtolive.com. I'm in Instagram, Meaning to Live. You know, can you catch the theme here? Yeah. I couldn't believe it wasn't taken online, you know? I know. Well, I remember land. that. We were Meaning to I, Live. I couldn't believe it wasn't taken. Yeah, wow. So, Meaning to Live um, is a great way to get a hold of me. Um, right. On my, on my Facebook counseling page, my Meaning to Live counseling page, I have a lot. The whole thing is dedicated to emotional intelligence, emotional intelligence, emotional intelligence. Right. It'll talk about, it's all about cognitive therapy. Right. The things we think. It's really empowering. It'll it'll just teach people where they're tripping up and how they're getting in the way of themselves right. with their thoughts. Gotcha. So beautiful. Well, peeps, uh, reach out to Jed. Um, thank you for listening, Jed. I want to thank you for being on yeah, here. It was fun. This was awesome. We could go on for six more hours. <laughs> we really honestly, could. we really could. I, I'm that we'll we're have done. you on again, honestly, uh, <laughs> to maybe continue some of this stuff. But uh, thank you uh, for supporting me, listeners out there. Uh, this is, again, Todd Sylvester Inspires with uh, with this belief cast. Share this with your friends and your family. Anyone who wants to be inspired uh, would love your support in that way. But uh, thank you for spending the time with Jed and I this morning. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Awesome.